This is the Yada Yada Podcast, where we get to the heart of the Christian sexual ethic with biblical truths and real talk about sex, purity, and relationships. We're your hosts, Ashley and Amber from Across My Heart Ministries. Hi, and welcome to our very first episode of the Yada Yada Podcast. We are sisters and the founders of Across My Heart Ministries. My name is Ashley Giovanucci. And I'm Amber Impelazeri. And yes, we both have really awesome Italian last names. We do. And fun fact, we didn't just marry Italians, but we actually married Italian best friends. How cool that sisters married best friends. Or best friends married sisters, as they would like to say. Either way, you probably um, are going to have a hard time telling us apart when we're talking because we are the sisters and... uh, Our voices are very similar. They sound a lot alike, so good luck. We actually struggled listening back on some of the other stuff that we recorded, figuring out who had said what. And we kind of wondered, like, oh, no, is that going to be a problem? But then we realized, no, it's not, because we're really not going to be talking about ourselves that much. No, we're going to be talking about God's truths and how they apply to our lives, what he has to say about purity and sexuality and... It's not really about us. You can try to tell our voices apart, but you don't have to. It could be a fun game. Yes, that's true. So Amber, tell us uh, what we're going to be talking about in this very first episode. So the first episode is really going to just be looking at like what purity actually is and, and what we mean as a ministry when we use that word purity and why we have still chosen to use the word purity, even though in recent years it has come under a lot of scrutiny. And there's been some some harsh judgment of the word, I would say. And then we're going to kind of end the episode by talking about our namesake, why we have chosen to call this yada yada. So we grew up in the 1990s, early 2000s, which in a lot of ways was the height of the purity movement, Mm -hmm. kind of purity culture. So the ring thing, I kissed dating goodbye, courting instead of dating. And it was almost kind of popular. Yeah, in Christian circles, I would say was a very popular concept. And even in kind of some of the pop culture celebrity circles. I would say there was sort of like a fascination with it because of like the Jonas Brothers and Miley Cyrus were kind of talking about it. The Jonas Brothers had their purity rings. So it sort of captivated the minds of secular culture a little Mm -hmm. because they were like, wait a sec, how could you possibly make that choice? Yes. And so it was... uh, It was popular in concept, but not necessarily in practice. And, you know, this became apparent to us, you know, growing up in the church and being able to look around and see, you know, our classmates, people our age really struggling. Yeah. And really being saddened by that and thinking and knowing that there's more to your relationship with God. There's more to... uh, you know, an abstinence pledge Mm -hmm. um, than just trying to do it on your own and follow a list of rules. Yep. Um, There's a relationship that's waiting to be had Mm -hmm. and that that's really what purity is all about. Well, we could, I think we we looked and we could see, and, and it wasn't necessarily obvious to us in high school, but really became a little more obvious when we sat down and kind of spearheaded across my heart and what it was that we wanted to communicate with this ministry is that this list of rules had really been a little oppressive Mm. 
and you know made people feel you know, if if my shorts were too short or my collar was too low or I had made some sort of compromising choice with a, a boy, then it was kind of like, oh, I broke a rule. So now I can just kind of break all of them because I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not like good anymore. And so it it just it, it missed the heart of what purity really, really was. You know, who is really good at having rules? The Pharisees. You know, they kept 248 commandments and 365 restrictions throughout their expanded version of the Jewish law. And, and I mean, that's a lot of rules to follow. That's more than the purity movement ever had. Yeah. Um, but they had the same problem that their hearts weren't in it. Yeah. The rules missed the mark of the heart. Yeah. Their outward deeds may have fooled man, but they didn't have the the purity of heart and and that's a really that's actually a really important uh a really important thing to make note of because it's not like it wasn't possible to kind of follow the rules that the purity culture put together but it so so it sort of was like a a dual thing that either you didn't follow the rules and you rebelled Mm -hmm. or you followed every single rule and that could easily lead to self-righteousness or a miss placed a misplaced reason for following the rules like you are going to be rewarded by god somehow for following these rules with a perfect marriage or the perfect man or whatever yeah and it's really a a misplacing the love of god for the love of self right because on either end of that spectrum you're a lover of yourself if you fall into rebellion it's because i just want to do what i want to do i love myself if you become self-righteous on the opposite end of the spectrum it's because you love yourself. You want to look good. You want the reward. But in that middle road, in that narrow road of loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, you know, that is really where purity, being pure of heart, pure of mind, pure in action, that, that's where it lives, is a love for God. Episode over, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> a teaser to what is to follow. But that is what purity should be, because that's how the Bible talks about purity. It's not just what we say no to. It's actually what we're saying yes to. Mm. We're saying yes to a all-encompassing love of God, a singular focus on his plan and purpose to our life. So we're saying yes to freedom. We're saying yes to to his purpose for our lives. We're saying yes to his joy. And I think for us, when we kind of came to this realization through study and prayer and really talking about purity, that is one of the reasons why the word purity still held such importance to us. Even though we know that it's come under fire and people have been coming out in recent years, some even writing books, talking about how, you know, the damage that the purity movement kind of inflicted and the struggles that they have had because of it. And purity actually can even be a a trigger word for some people. They had to have had to really Uh, work through because of everything that was kind of the rules and everything that was tied up with the purity movement. But when, you know, we kind of were envisioning across my heart and and wrestling with what does it actually mean to live a pure life? What does purity actually mean? We really personally for us, we, we couldn't see 
separating what God says from the word purity and using a different a different term. So we've chosen to continue to use the word purity because we have this hope that we can help people understand what God means by it when he uses it in his word and how that can be applied to our daily lives and how we really can kind of redeem that word, which has some cultural baggage now, particularly in Christian circles, but that doesn't mean we just throw it away just because there's some baggage tied to it. We can help restore and redeem that that concept with that word. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a few a few reasons that we want to further explain kind of why. Well, one of the reasons, and Ashley kind of mentioned this earlier, is that amidst the purity culture movement, we had some really good voices that we found that spoke into our lives that we felt grasp the concept of more of a holistic approach to purity, not just tying it to, you know, abstinence and modesty and how you behave with the opposite sex, but it being an issue of our heart and also our relationship with God. And so we were reading through some of Dana Gresh's works at the time that kind of helped us see that. And also Leslie Ludi was a, a huge influence in our lives. We both read Set Apart Femininity in high school. And I just remember um, she uses a quote in that book about how in each generation, there will be a small number of women that will kind of rise up to the call of being set apart. And I remember reading that line and getting goosebumps and being like, I want to be one of those women. I want to be one of those. It cast a vision for me that I didn't, you know, and still don't, you know, live up to that calling perfectly. But every time that I have made, you know, a mistake or something that I feel has has kind of taken me from that that vision it I've come back to that mm. wanting to be set apart wanting to be yeah different absolutely that is inspiring and we need that vision mm-hmm. and it wasn't that those books um, didn't give plenty of of practical application yeah you know they did get into how, how do you live out purity in your lives and so there were those practical, you know, ways of living it out that maybe some people would would call rules, but or look at that way. Yeah. But if you understand the heart behind it first, yep, they got to the heart more where the emphasis is and the motivation comes from, Mm -hmm. um, then as you're following after God in very practical ways, it's going to be coming out of a heart of of love for him and Mm -hmm. love for his ways and actually realizing that God's ways are the best and most fruitful ways to live. And so those are, um, yeah, some of our favorite authors growing up, still some of our favorite authors today, they're still publishing books, Yep, listening to their podcasts. I still listen to Leslie Ludi's podcast. So one of the other reasons, and I would say the most important reason mm-hmm. that we choose to use the word purity is because it is found in the Bible. God himself uses the word purity when referring to our relationship and our walk with him, when referring to our sexuality as well. And when we read about purity in God's word, um, it is really about how his redeeming love 
cleanses all aspects of our lives. Mm. Yeah. So that we can be made whole. Mm-hmm. And one of those aspects that is emphasized and stressed in scripture in relation to purity is our sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it's because there is a beautiful connection between our sexual reality as um, sexual beings and, and the intimacy that we're designed for. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful connection between that and our intimate relationship with God. Yeah. And so throughout the whole of scripture, and I'm not talking about just cherry picking verses. I'm talking about the whole of scripture. We see these beautiful analogies of the church as the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. We see the intimate love that he shares for Israel. We see that when Israel forsakes um, their first love, God refers to it as prostitution, that they're prostituting themselves. So we see these allegories throughout the whole of scripture in our relationship with God and our intimacy with him being about and tied to these um, these allegories of, of sexuality. But the broader concept of purity is that God himself is the only one that can make us pure mm. through the purifying, cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, that we all start off impure. Yeah. We're not pure on our own, that it's only something God can give us when he washes us clean in Jesus, our Savior. And so throughout scripture, really purity refers both to our our sexuality um, and our relationship with God. It makes us aware of our total dependence on him because mm-hmm. we all need God to be pure mm-hmm. in any and all area of life. And so I just, I want to read some verses if maybe you're struggling to um, understand what I'm trying to put into my own words. I'm just going to read it straight from his word. I have several verses here and let these words just soak in from the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5, and verse 7. You should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Philippians 2, verses 12 through 13 and verse 15. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Psalms 119 verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 2 through 3. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband, Christ, so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, 
your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. 1 John 3, verse 3, And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, as I read those verses, I I hope that you kind of noticed how purity um, sometimes refers to our sexuality, Mm -hmm. but other times it actually refers more broadly to our relationship and our position and our devotion, yes, to God. Our position before him, our devotion to him only made possible because of where we place our hope, who we are found in, whose we are, Christ Jesus. We belong to Christ it's it's so much more about so much more than just abstinence, like the purity culture um, really tried to to make it about. It's it's really about our faultless standing before the throne. Because of Christ, we are pure and blameless, and we are to pursue Him with that wholehearted devotion, with that with that pure heart. Yeah, and I think that you know our third reason really just kind of piggybacks on everything that you just said and that for for our ministry specifically we talk a lot uh, about sexual theology and we talk a lot about what the bible has to say about sex and purity has always been a very important part of that and since purity is already tied to sexuality, continuing to use that word, and also help people understand that it's broader than just our sexuality, but it already has that link to sexuality. And since sexuality was one of the things as a ministry, uh, was a goal of ours to help people understand better as well, it also made sense to continue to use the word purity. Mm-hmm. And uh, having our motivation for any any and all sexual obedience mm-hmm. to God, that that would come from that broader understanding. Yep. That it's him alone, a love for him alone that has to be our motivation. Otherwise, we're just following rules and we'll become rebels or self-righteous Pharisees. Yep. And so the only way to truly live a pure Life is to have our hearts centered on him, to be passionately pursuing him with our whole heart. So I would say, I mean, Amber, you can probably speak into this a little bit too, but I would say growing up, um, we really didn't have a list of rules emphasized in our house. Um, I would say that while there were rules, they came after an understanding of how loved we were Mm -hmm. and our desire to really honor our parents and make our parents proud. Yeah. And so in a way, I think our parents modeled... Um, and uh, they're not perfect. I often, Amber, you give me a hard time because sometimes she's like, your version of childhood, Ashley, like sometimes you, 
remember things like too perfectly. And that's just my personality. I am a romantic. And so I can romanticize my past, my present and my future. Just everything is like always rose colored. Right. Um, but but wouldn't you agree that though they weren't perfect parents, one thing that they really did do well was making us understand their their love for us, um, that we wanted to make them proud. And in that way, they kind of modeled what we're talking about in this relational yeah. aspect with God. That that we, like, we wanted to obey our parents because of our relationship mm-hmm. with them, yeah. first and foremost. And we respected, we respected what they asked of us because it was clear it came from a place of love for us. And it wasn't coming just because they were the boss of us Mm -hmm. or they just wanted us to behave in a certain way. Yeah. And this was particularly um, stood out to me when talking about purity rings, because I remember that when we turned 13, our dad bought us a beautiful ring Mm -hmm. and he didn't call it a purity ring. And Maybe it's because he didn't really know about purity rings. My parents were new Christians, or our parents were new Christians, and um, when we were born, and so they were kind of learning as we were growing about some of the cultural trends in yeah. Christianity. Like yeah. I, maybe they weren't even aware of. I don't know purity we've never, rings. We've never actually asked him that. We should. So he gave us this ring anyhow, and I remember when he gave it to us that his reason for the ring was so we would really understand how loved we were and mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have to look for that love elsewhere. Yep. Yeah, that we didn't have to. I mean, he knew that another man was going to come into our lives that we were going to love someday. And he, and he desired that for us to mm-hmm. get married, but that we didn't have to go looking right. for fulfillment in the arms of another man because, A, you know, we we had him as a dad who loved us, but... B and not I'm not saying A and B because first in order in order but he wanted to he wanted to communicate that he was there to love us and to fill that love tank but then more importantly yes God was there Mm -hmm. and he as our father was able to love us well because of how he loved God and God loved Him. him yeah absolutely and then as I got older I made that connection to um I bought a purity ring of my own actually I bought it I went out and I bought it because I kind of realized that connection to Mm -hmm. then wanting to save sex for marriage wanting to pursue purity in all areas of life including sexuality this precious um, part of my life and then I did buy a purity ring but it really came from the motivation and understanding of the love of God and the love of our our earthly father that we we were blessed by, which is um, a, a cool part of our story, but yep. not everyone's. And I think that the way in which our parents cultivated that uh, that relationship with us and cultivated that, you know, they they were after. I mean, you know, they obviously desired our obedience. But they also were after, you know, relationship. They wanted our heart. They wanted us to obey because they loved, because they wanted us to obey because we loved them. 
I think that really captures, you know, God's desire for us in terms of purity and our lives. The fact that he wants our hearts, not for us just to obey his rules. Yeah. Even though he knows that those rules are good for us. Yeah. I mean, and, and the Bible does have rules in it. It yeah. has guidelines. It has ways in which he he knows are the best ways for us to live, but he doesn't just want us to puppet through them. Right. He wants us to understand the heart of why he's put them in place so that our heart can be in the right place. Right. He doesn't just want us to passionately pursue abstinence. He wants us to passionately pursue his heart. He doesn't want us to just chase after the good things, the the blessings, to be good for goodness sake. He wants us to be good for God's sake. Yeah. That we would love him as the lover of our souls, as the love of our lives. And that only because we love him that we live as he designed. So, so that's really why we use the word purity. It's biblical. We saw it modeled well. Um, we had it portrayed to us well growing up. We survived the purity culture (laughs) and uh, realized that a biblical understanding of purity actually points us to God, Mm -hmm. makes us think less of ourselves and more of him, Mm, which is a wonderful place to be positioned. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. Like Luke 10, 27 says. So purity, um, what does this do for the believer? Like we talk about, we're doing it for God, but we're saying that it's good. Like not just to pursue purity uh, in life and in action and in thought, to be a good person. You're doing it for God. Your motivation is a love for him. Mm-hmm. But we keep talking about it like, but it is good. Like we know that it is actually a blessing. What are some of those blessings of purity? Like what does purity actually functionally do when we live wholeheartedly devoted, purely devoted to God? Yeah. And now we're going to use a little of your seminary school training here, Ashley, because you have three C's. Mm. And, you know, every good seminary student learns that, you know, your three points. And if you can use words that all start with the same letter, people are going to remember it better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sermon writing 101. (laughs) So what are the benefits of purity? Why is purity such a good thing? Well, it brings clarity. It brings confidence and it brings closeness. Oh, three C's. <laughs> the three C's. So first of all, purity brings clarity. And if you've been tracking with us this far into the episode and you're still kind of like, I just still don't get purity, like the word, what it's all about, because I can't knock this just feeling that it's about perfection, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we think it's about rules. Get rid of that idea. Purity is not about perfection. Purity is about clarity. In Mm. fact, when we look up the word and just um, 
a, a regular dictionary. Like literally just grab your English dictionary, Webster dictionary off your bookshelf or <laughs> on your phone, probably not actually on <laughs> yeah. your bookshelf. Google it. Google it. And you will see. And if you're a good homeschooler, you'll use the Webster's 1828 version. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say if you're a good homeschooler, you're duck, duck, go it. No, no. <laughs> no. The original Webster dictionary. Um, so look it up and you will see that synonyms for the word purity are not perfection, but are words like authentic, plain, simple, real, transparent. Purity is about having a single-minded devotion to one thing. A clear devotion. A clear devotion, an un- undivided heart. Hmm. It's about one thing and one thing alone. And when you can focus on one thing, on what really matters, right? That is living a life of purity, having one love. God. And this, this clarity that it brings to our lives, there's no better verse than Matthew 5, verse 8 that says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Because think about it. If, if you have a pure devotion, if you have a pure single-minded devotion to God, and he is your everything, you love him with your whole heart, there's no room to love anything else. If you have a pure heart, you see God because you're not distracted by everything else. The number one reason I believe that, that, that we can't discern God's voice, we can't discern his will for our lives, we can't see him in our lives is because we have clouded, murky vision that's been muddled by things of the world. And so in order to have the clarity that purity brings, we need to have that single focus and love of God. Not getting distracted to the left and the right, but looking forward, looking upward to him. Titus 1, 15 to 16 says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. And I want you to remember that. They claim to know God that's going to come up here in a little bit. They claim to know him, but their actions deny him. And so to be pure is to live in a way where we can, we can see God and uh, we don't have to doubt our direction. We don't have to doubt his will for our life. We have confidence And, you know, in a world that is unrelenting, in a world that has so many messages that they're trying to, you know, throw our way and distract us with, in in a culture that is normalizing explicit sexuality, that's making explicit sex just seem normal, Mm -hmm. we need confidence. Yes, we do. And purity brings that confidence to walk in God's ways even if the world is against you, even if you're the only one of your friends who hasn't had sex, even if you're the only person who seems radical, we need to love God more than we love our sin. Because most sin isn't about 
actually wrongdoing. It's not about breaking, just breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. It's about loving the wrong thing. Ooh, that's good. It's about wrong adoring. Yeah. It's about loving. It's about what we love. And so when you know that you're a beloved child of God, when you know that, when you know him, you don't need to look elsewhere. You don't need to look to the left and to the right for other loves. You can stay focused on your one love with a pure devotion to him. He will keep your path straight. And I think this final one, closeness, is actually the best of all. Yeah, it almost sort of, uh, well, I mean, each one is each one is good. This feels a little more like a reward. Kind of like we talk about the good part and like we don't want to do things just for the reward. But there is a certain reality that when you do things God's way, there are natural blessings that come. We can't always anticipate exactly what those blessings are. It's not like an equation, this plus this is going to give me this. But when we are pursuing purity, it does create closeness with God, which is a huge reward. Yeah, which is what we need to not feel alone, to know that we're never alone, to know that we've been designed by a God who loves us and has the desire to know us intimately and to be known by us which is exactly what our podcast name means yada 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 is the hebrew word that is used to describe sex between a husband and a wife, and it means to know and to be known. And we first see it appear in Genesis 4, verse 1, when it says that Adam lay with his wife Eve. And and some translations actually say, and Adam knew his wife Eve. And that, that term lay or knew is the word yada. But the really cool thing about Yada is that, yes, it is used uh, to describe sex between a husband and a wife. Covenant sexuality. But it also is used to describe how we can relate to God and how God relates to us. Over, is it nine? Yes, 900 times. Wanted to make sure I said that right, so I referenced my notes. It's used over 900 times in the Old Testament, and it's not, it's not always used to refer to sex. <laughs> Most of those times are actually used in reference to God's love. God's love for us mm-hmm. and his desire to be known by us. Because this is a covenant love. Mm-hmm. This love is a love that is shared in the marriage covenant by husband and wife. And it is a love that is shared with God and those that he knows. Those who, who are in covenant relationship with him. And we know this because in the New Testament, when this word is translated into the Greek, it is the same word that's used when Jesus is speaking of those who in the final judgment he will say, I never knew you. 
And so this covenant loving, this covenant knowing is salvific. That God wants to know us and have a relationship with us to purify us and to save us from our sins, from our impurities. This is so much bigger than right and wrong. This is our eternal destiny. This is our life purpose. This is knowing the creator of the universe and the savior of our souls and being known by him. And so as important as the conversation on purity is, as important as living a life for Jesus and, you know, understanding how sexuality ties into it, our greatest desire for this podcast and for any conversation about his word is that it would draw you into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because without him, we are impure. Mm. Without him, he can't know us. And so Jesus in has that, made a way, way for us to be known. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. And I would say when we truly understand, well, <laughs> understand might be to difficult to actually wrap your mind around but when we truly know uh, what it means to love God with our whole life as our first love Mm. we're not saying that you know that means your love for everything else is ranked afterwards somehow even though god's love is first Mm -hmm. um but you're not giving others the leftovers yeah that's a good way to put it because god's love is is first it is ranked over and above but but you're not giving others leftover love yeah you're because if you're loving god with your whole heart there's not room to love anything else so does that mean you don't have any love to give to your husband or your sister or your child well of course not What it means is that you love everyone else out of that love that you have for God and that love that he has for you Mm, overflows. It becomes your life source. Ooh, that is the best filling of the love tank right there. (laughs) And it does fill us. Mm -hmm. If you are looking for satisfaction anywhere to the left or to the right, through the distractions of this world, through the empty promises of Satan, you're not going to find it. You're just going to keep chasing. You're going to come up empty. But if you want to be filled with the love of God, live into that love, love out of that love, mm-hmm. is only found in Jesus Christ. Whew. I'm so glad that we are doing this because these are... These seriously, these are these are truths that we have been talking about for ten years, but every time we talk about them, I need to be reminded of them. Amen. Because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to just to get distracted with everyday life and to start feeling uh, drained. And 
I, I get that way because I'm not filling myself first with God. Mm-hmm. And when I do, when I intentionally do go to the word, go to the word, spend that quiet time with him. It is amazing the difference that it makes. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly am not ever ha- happier. Yeah. Like more joy. I mean, there are other things in life that can make yeah. me happy, but there's like a different sense, like your soul just gets nourished and mm-hmm. filled and you just are able to really give mm-hmm. out of that. And it's because oh, it's how we were designed. He is the point of it all. He is the mark that we've been missing. He is, you know, uh, well, to be the one singular focus, he's the reward. And so when we have a pure heart, we see God. And that is the true reward of purity. Well, I think that's actually a really good place to end today's episode. And we're out of time. And we, yeah, we also happen to be out of time. But, but we got through all of like our a, notes. We did. And it also was just like a perfect, that was like a whoo, perfect ending right there, in my opinion. So if listening to this, you were interested mm-hmm. and you want to know more. Because there's so much more. We're hoping that you do. It's a lot of pressure on a first episode because I was like, oh my gosh, I hope they like the first episode and want to listen yeah, again. Because you can't want to listen again. Well, yeah, because you can't put everything in the first oh, goodness, episode. No. So next time we're really going to be looking sort of at what purity is not, but what people have kind of understood it to be. So today we kind of looked at what purity is. Mm-hmm. And we kind of touched a little on what it's not, but we're really going to look at next week how it's more than virginity we are going to talk a little bit about abstinence chastity chastity and also how purity can sometimes be confused with innocence and how Mm -hmm. innocence is something totally different than purity yeah absolutely so i hope that you guys enjoyed this as much as we did it's actually just a blessing to have these conversations with my sister yeah so much fun like i said and so important to be reminded of until next time know and be known